I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Try tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. I can't believe I got to see Jackie. <laughs> yes. So, folks, just before we started recording, my, my neighbor cat, Jackie, who's who Rosie and I tried to abduct unsuccessfully is um, was visiting. And so Sarah got to see her at the door. She's now, I probably said this before on the podcast, but she's now like, she comes in the morning meowing loudly and throwing her body against the glass. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But for me, it's like a celebrity sighting where I'm like, oh, <laughs> the illustrious Jackie. Jackie, good old Jackie. So she, Rosie has some other name for her, like Chubby Puskins or something. I, I, she started calling her like something other, something. I think it was, oh, it was, or maybe it, I don't know. Anyway, that's not a good story, but she refuses to call her Jackie. Oh, yeah. I have a story. Sorry. I just looked at this. I know you have an animal story too, but okay. This is hilarious. How did, when you were little, did you ever like take a piece of fruit, like an orange seed or something and plant it in yeah. some dirt and be like, oh, I'm going to grow an orange tree. Totally. Yeah. And did anything ever grow? No. Okay. So Rosie did that. She planted an apple seed in a cup with dirt in it from the garden. And there is an apple tree growing in it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I looked at it. Like th- I was like, okay, this is exactly like, because I remembered that from my childhood too, doing that and being like, oh, my apple tree never emerged there. The seed. It's so amazing this little green thing sprouted up and you can see the actual apples. Like you can see because it's still half brown. Like it still looks like half an apple seed. The bottom half has turned green and then it's got a stem that goes in and it's like about, I don't know, half an inch tall a week later. There's an apple tree growing in a cup in my window. So. Wow. You're a gardener. <laughs> well, it's all rosy. Yeah. That's impressive. What were we doing wrong? You know, so, something <laughs> went wrong there. Anyway, Sarah, do you, ha- you also have an animal story? Well, it's, it's not as exciting as the apple seed. But, uh, so last night we were at dinner and we have these big glass windows behind uh, where, where we eat dinner. We're like, oh, there's a bear out there and it was a big male bear just kind what? of lumbering through our yard <laughs> and we start freaking out. We're like, this is crazy. We look over. The dog is just snoring. He's snoozing. Through no. the whole thing. <laughs> I was going to ask what buddy was doing. Yeah, okay. as, And like, as we are telling the bear to go away and he just, he slept the entire time. Like he <laughs> didn't even wake up. No, completely worthless dog. Because so he's a 130 pound uh, dog that is bred for guarding. Like he is supposed to be guarding our house. What is he? What is he, what is he guarding at this point? Is he I guarding? 
guarding it from what? If not bears, then what? Seriously. <laughs> like, talk about being asleep on the job. What a, we need a new dog. <laughs> I feel like Jackie would be good at that, actually. Jackie would, would have be, done a better job than Buddy. <laughs> yeah, she would be up, like, meowing loudly, slamming her body against the door to get rid of the bear. <laughs> Um, coming up on the show, we are going to do a little um, recap of the Feisty Women's Performance Summit. We're going to talk about why labels are sometimes important, what we would do with a million dollars in triathlon, and anything else we think of. All right, Sarah. So I have to admit, I completely missed the Women's Performance Summit, and I'm really sad. Uh, I'm, yeah. sad. I'm sad for you, Sarah. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I but I want to hear a recap because it's it's not quite this as good as the real thing. But you can tell me what I need to go back and watch. So, okay, first of all, we had we did five um, main stage speakers, which is more than we had last year because we asked people, we asked all these amazing people, and they all said yes. And then we were like, okay, um, and oh my god, okay. So starting with who do we start with? Um, Amelia Boone, right um, on. Friday night and then Saturday morning, Lael Wilcox. Uh, do you know who she is? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, oh, I'll tell you a story after. Um, Allison Mariella Desir, uh, the woman who, who wrote um, Running Wild Black. She has that woman. Okay. The presentation that she gave was so great and so well thought out. Like she had it's essentially brought like the history of racism in the US into a context of like the history and also like geography too. Like she had these maps around like where the nicest place to run are and like essentially like is where white people live and how we like the, how the history informs like the fact that we're still living in like, like mostly segregation now um, Mm. and how it affects like access to sport and to, it was just like, it was, she was highly intelligent. Her argument was well thought out and well researched. I was just like thoroughly impressed by her. Um, we had uh, Colonel Yvonne Spencer, who's spoken at Outspoken before um, as the last. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And she, and afterwards we, I hosted, so I hosted panels at the beginning of the weekend and then the end. And the one at the end was like my favorite thing. I had Celine Yeager, um, Emily Krauss, who's the director of that new faster program at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yvonne was on the panel and um, a para athlete called Meg Fisher. Um, and it, we just ended up having the most like in-depth conversation about like how change making really works and how like how to bring like your authentic self into the world and that that's like really the only way to make change and how you figure out like because I was pressing but it was so funny because Celine was just like her eyes were wide like I was, <laughs> I was asking her these like I was asking these like super deep questions right at the end I said like I asked you to be in a panel but really I was asking for a piece of your soul <laughs> like and I didn't know like where the conversation was going to go but I th- I feel like it was a really important thing like when we're talking about trying to change the culture and how we can all partially because of the internet and social media like we can all be part of steering a conversation right but it takes like a sort of level of like self-knowledge and authenticity like in the way that you're showing up to not become like dark and argumentative or to not like to actually like show up in a positive way um 
And it was just, anyway, so when I was asking them about like, how do you know who you are? And like, how do you know that you're on the right path? Um, they all had like very, very interesting questions or answers to that. Mm-hmm. Meg has a really interesting story because she was in a car accident where um, her partner died um, and she woke up in a hospital and she had a frontal cortex in- injury and she lost a leg. So she, like, it, with her brain injury, she's like, I woke up with a new personality. Right. And like, that's what, that's what's like triggered the conversation about like, how do you know who you are? Right. If you're starting with a blank slate. Yeah. Wow. It's like, I, lo- I woke up without a leg and a new personality. I'm like, Oh my God. You know? Um, and then, and then on top of that, having to deal with the loss of her partner. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it was just like, anyway, I felt like that, that ending to the weekend, like really was the, the best part for me. Um, but the keynotes all brought it. And then the, the breakout sessions were like, they're the more like detailed and informative things like about, like we had one about, Oh, fueling motherhood, Sarah, there's one for you. We literally had a thing, a thing called fu- about like fueling as you're breastfeeding, um, and fueling like for new mothers, time crunch, like all of that stuff. Awesome. Um, yeah, like really specific, um, inf- the, the most popular one was, um, about how to lift heavy shit. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Did you, did you do any demos? I didn't personally do any demos. Oh, come on, Sarah. Put all that that CrossFit to good use. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was too busy doing other things. Anyway, nobody wants to see me demo. Um, But okay, I'm going to tell you like an an insider story for for you and for our audience. At nine o'clock on Saturday night. I get an email. Stacy can't make it. <gasps> yeah, I was in bed. Catherine was in bed. Like my team was at an Airbnb across town. We're all on this call. Like, what are we going to do? Right. Like, and she, Stacy had some kind of travel related emergency. Like she hadn't, she, she, I don't know. I don't know what you have to do now to travel from New Zealand to the U S but like, I guess some of the documentation wasn't in place or something, or maybe, I don't know. She didn't say so specifically she just said she had to go deal with some shit and so we were like okay what are we gonna do um and Celine offered to do a keynote and like pitched us on this idea of like actually how you create an empowering culture through community um and I was like oh this is so amazing and she did like a fantastic job like I was just yeah I was so 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 grateful um excuse me and then we also then um gave like Stacy's talk from our menopause summit. It was actually a really good talk. We like gave that to also to the audience who had paid for um, the women's performance summit, but man, <laughs> and then 6am we're all just like, okay, like, what are we going to do? We had Celine on wow. the phone. She was out running, <laughs> telling us her idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, Celine, she's coming up mm-hmm. in the, when you needed her. She's, no. What, so what a badass. Mm-hmm. No, didn't that that happened for the outspoken summit? Stacy had travel travel issues. Plane was on fire. No, she lives. Yeah, she lives in this small place in New Zealand. You know, so they're like one flight out of there every twenty four hours or whatever. And so it, I'm exaggerating, but it's not big, not a big airport. And her the plane that they were supposed to get get on was on fire. That's insane. <laughs> I didn't know that's what happened. 
Yeah. I'm glad she didn't get on the plane. Yeah, it's the funniest excuse. I mean, it's, it's not funny if it had been people on the plane. Yeah, of course. Was it? Like, and I don't know the size of the fire. I don't know. It was no one died. So it's a, now a funny story. But right. um, yeah. Oh, Ella on the way here. Ella, our operations person. She I was at the airport waiting for her and I got a text from her. She was like, they had to turn the plane back halfway to lit to go back to Calgary because there was a crack in the windshield of the plane. That's scary. Isn't it terrifying? And we were also like, what hit the plane that caused a crack in the windshield? Because like, it's not, that's not just like some ordinary glass on there, (laughs) you know? But also turning around halfway, isn't that the same amount of danger? Going, keep on going. Yeah. And it's only a one hour flight. Yeah. She was like, I thought we should have kept going. But anyway, and then when they turned around, like the plane was too heavy, so they couldn't land. So they did like 40, I guess they weren't halfway, but they ended up, they ended up in the air just as long as if they were flying here. And they had to do 40 minutes of circles in the air above Calgary because they were too heavy to land. All I know is the person who is sitting next to that window was freaking out the entire time. I think it was the the front windscreen. Oh, okay. But I'm not totally sure. I'm not totally sure, but like what Okay, so the pilot was freaking out. Yeah, like, did they hit, did a bird just like fly? A Canada goose. Canada goose. <laughs> it had to be. Those <laughs> dark Canada geese. Surely our planes are Canada goose proof. Like, <laughs> did they fly, did they fly into like a whole, like, what do you call it? What do you call the big squadron of geese, the V? <laughs> like a flock? A flock. <laughs> That's what maybe, it is. Maybe a like squadron? a drone? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you are no ornithologist. <laughs> my, my brain is not working. That's funny. Oh my. Okay, so yeah, those are the all the summit insider stories. I love man. So despite the challenges, you guys got everything. You know, it was an it- excellent summit. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so. I can access the videos. You can. So uh, let's see. I don't think the replays are on sale yet, but they will be. I'm not sure. I I should know this information, (laughs) Um, but they will be at womensperformance.com. But for you, since you were like signed up, you can like, you should get a link in your inbox. Awesome. It takes you and you just sign up. We, We move all the videos over to Kajabi and turn it into a product that like makes sense. So you can, see all the main stage, see, see everything in a nice organized way. Nice. Well, congrats team. Thank you. Yeah. I hope, I hope you celebrated. Afterwards. They were good. Yeah. yeah. We were a little tired to celebrate. Oh, we did go out for dinner. It was nice. Nice. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. 
The Aminoco's Perform Formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that Aminoco's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 230 whoa, and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your inside tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah, and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy, and I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years, and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. That's Iron Women, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, Iron Women 1515 at orca.com.
Um, so before the show, you mentioned you wanted to talk about labels. Oh, yeah. So for listeners who tuned in last week, we had a guest, Aaron Carson, and uh, I was really interested because Sarah brought something up where uh, she said in the LG- LGBTQ community, it is important to uh, basically like label what you are, mm-hmm. um, which seems kind of weird to me because like, why, why is that? Why is that important? Um, Cause it's almost counterintuitive to me in some ways, like not that somebody should hide who they are, but sometimes applying a label can be really restrictive um, mm-hmm. in terms of like how somebody might see you. So I was, I wanted to dig into that because that I didn't realize that it was a really important thing. Yeah. So I can't really speak for the LGBTQ plus community broadly, but like, I, I think um, sometimes for some people, the label is really important. So that's not like a ubiquitous comment of any, of any kind, but um, so what I've observed, and especially this goes for like any underrepresented group too, that sometimes the label is important. So it's about like, naming your identity and your power and like not hiding for some people. So we did one time we used to do um, with Feisty, we used to do some um, DEI, like diversity, equity, inclusion training with Lisa Ingerfield. And one of the exercises we did was to write down, we had to pick five, five ways that were like five labels for our identity, Hmm. right? Like five, who, how would you describe who you are and name like five things? Right. And then we did it. We went through this exercise, whatever. But what Lisa told us after was like, because she's done this exercise with like many different groups um, that when you do that, people who like, so for example, women will, will a larger percentage of women will say woman than men will say man. Mm. Right. And if you're um, more people who are people of color will name race as part of their identity then white people will say white. Right. So straight, straight white male. Doesn't write straight white male. Right. As their identity. Got it. And you can probably imagine that, right? Like, yeah. You can like think through like how, like, as like, if, if you're a straight person, you don't generally like, but when you're queer, you would put, you would like label yourself as queer, like in a, in a way, in an outward way. Which is why I think it was kind of uh, contrary to what I would have, thought that it's important to label yourself if you are not part of the so like if you say that your sexuality is part of your identity mm-hmm. that's naming it in a way that's like I don't know paying attention to it mm-hmm. so I think it's about and the it, which is that- good and bad yeah you know what I'm saying like why should we yeah, it's if it's you're... good for some people, and it's like for okay. some people, like they, some folks, and and like however you identify, like yeah, you really need that, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like um, because if your group has not been seen, and like especially for queer folks, like sometimes their identities have been like completely hidden for huge yeah. parts of history, yeah, right. So that like that it's a it's partially about and again like I can't really speak for the queer community but like Mm -hmm. it's like you 
it's like I'm here and I'm queer. <laughs> you heard that yeah, yeah. Like right. it's like it's a way of being visible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like, or if you think about um, the like, you know, this um, pronouns, mm-hmm. um, how people like name the pronouns. Like, it's a way of saying um, labeling a pronoun is a way of saying that you are like don't to, to like stop people from making assumptions because assumptions are based on what is normal in our culture. Like, so if everybody, if the queer community never spoke up, everybody, most people would assume that everybody's straight all the time. Right. Um, and so like, it's a way of like identifying that or when you're um, trans and you have a, if you're trans or you're non-binary and you don't identify in a dominant gender group, right. It becomes even more important to sit, to be like, this is how I identify to have that like a kind of that it's a label of sorts like a pronoun is definitely a label of sorts yeah I guess I guess probably where my mind has gone is that uh you're talking about we're we're like we are somewhere along the evolution Mm -hmm. and my mind has gone to what's the final product and that's that we make no assumptions about anybody so we we're not walking around with labels. You are you are finding out who that individual is without separating what groups they belong to. Right. But we're not there yet. Yeah. So why it's important to kind of speak your labels is to kind of get us to that point. <laughs> like where where nobody's making assumptions about anybody. It's not that everybody is a swipe, straight white male. It's <laughs> We are challenging the assumptions that people make. Um, yes. Yes. Okay. All it's right. the same argument we would make for this is an argument that I'm a lot clearer on because like, because it's a space that I work in, but that like for why people often ask like, why we need women specific programs? Why do we need women specific spaces? Right. And the truth is because like, we still live in a patriarchy. We don't live in a, in a culture of full equality. So we still need to like, name women's things sometimes and name where we're like trying to empower women and where we're trying to create the empowering environment for women because we still need to do that work and if we didn't need to do that work anymore like we wouldn't need to worry about there would be no women's spaces because everybody would be would able to be have full opportunities in the culture at large but that's not the case and so I think it's the same it's the same thing about like creating space and being like oh like there are and it's the same thing for race too like people I've heard this before, like, it's important to, like, it's important sometimes for people of color to, like, be able to, like, state who they are and have that and own that identity. So it's not so much as a label as a, like, if you blend in, what what the blending looks like is not good enough. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I get you. Okay. So I, I, I understand where we're going with this yeah okay so sarah i wanted to revisit this because we had a couple of voice we had a voicemail a couple of weeks ago and we had asked our audience about what they would do with a million dollars in triathlon right? yeah so what's your answer <laughs> um no i want i was asking you <laughs> <laughs> i do have an answer but i want to hear yours. okay 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 so this is i was thinking about this and this is actually a very lame idea, but I'm just going to tell it. Um, it. I would help use a lot, a chunk of that money to develop an app. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
I did not expect this direction. Okay. Uh, I know. That helps people find places to swim, bike, and run Mm -hmm. in their community. So it's like a crowdsourcing kind of thing. So like running routes and swimming pools uh, to increase access. And part of, part of, uh, so it's, it's about building community. Mm. If you have like a bike that you can share with people, there's a, there's an ability to share it or like a wetsuit or something. Um, so it's, it's basically like find your triathlon community wherever you are geographically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can kind of boost, um, you know, like bike shops that are willing to give people discounts and things like that. So there's a way to make money for the app. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, there's going to be like a, a, a community outreach component to it where, you know, if you want to connect with different clubs and stuff, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's not fully thought out, not fully developed. <laughs> no, but part, part of it is app development, but th- there's going to be a, a, you can subscribe. Okay. That's a subscription element. Well, there's going to be a free version of the subscription element. Yeah. And the subscription element will kind of build in uh, businesses, but I want to try to increase access to pools and stuff for, especially because I know this is a problem in, in many communities. Mm-hmm. Um, but just imagine you pick up your phone and you're like, oh, I'm in New York City. Mm-hmm. Where do I go swim? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have these different options that come up with pools where you can swim, what time the lap lanes are, like, you know, the phone number to call. And then, uh, you know, because oh, like in a lot of places, that's a problem. But the some of the paid revenue will go towards increasing access to people. Mm-hmm. So like uh, areas where they, you know, might might be harder to get pool access for people, um, maybe like have a grandpa. I don't know. I haven't thought that part through, but I wanted, I, yes. Yeah. Mm, I like this. I don't know. I don't okay. know. Yeah. I, I like it. Okay. One thing that I like is that, because, you know, of course we have to be equally as hard on ourselves as we have been about like other entities. So you like, you know, how with the PTO, um, they've pumped like many millions of dollars into triathlon, trying to, um, create a professional union. And we have, um, sometimes questioned the efficacy of their business plan. Um, and it's like seemingly, and again, I don't know anyone. I can, well, I do know people on the inside, but I don't know the like total inside workings of, of it, but it feels like they're really going for like big audience, big advertising, um, that that's a way of, of actually making money. Um, and so it's like a really big roll of the dice. Um, so it's not sustainable. What I, what I, well, it may or may not be sustainable. But what you um, just said has like, I like that it's like, there's a subscription aspect for the masses. Um, You could even build in and like the business partnerships too. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So free version with like ads and stuff. And that's kind of lame, but you can still find places to swim, bike and run. Yeah. And connect with other people in your community. You could also put um, education programs in there. So you could put like, free training plans and you could upgrade your training plan to a better one. You could have like 
a find a coach situation. You could totally educate newbies and different things. Like you could have like a streaming thing that showed you how to change a flat or um, even just like, even just pulled videos from people's content, like you could have content partners. Um, yeah. Good idea, Sarah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is or not, but that's my million dollars. So what I like is you could, you can, I think the actual app development wouldn't be a million dollars, obviously. I don't think so. But, but you would need to have uh, some employees who are, you know, doing the maps and stuff and like, because most of it's going to be crowdsourced, but you mm-hmm. still want to have uh, employees who are managing, you know, the, yeah. that side of things. And then like trying to build partnerships um, you need a so, marketing plan too, right? Like you need a, yeah. someone who's really good at figuring out like, how do the people, cause you're dependent on the masses. With that totally. Kind of thing. So that's a chunk of the million dollars. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the marketing, mm-hmm. a big chunk of it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You're right about that. Okay, good. You've even done, you even have budget lines planned out <laughs> broadly. <laughs> Top Top development, marketing. It's like a written crayon on the back (laughs) of a napkin. Business plan. (laughs) Not that far off of how I plan my business, except for I write with colored markers on a whiteboard. So (laughs) not that far off. Okay, like mine's super lame now. You just like came up with the best idea. Mine's super lame. But anyway, well, I was thinking a couple days after we had that conversation, I was driving. I don't know why, you know how like sometimes something like you're not even thinking about something, but then something pops into your brain. Right. And what I thought was how much money have I spent in triathlon? Mm. Right. And I reckon we've spent a quarter of a million dollars in triathlon. Right. And we haven't quite broken even on that. Right. Um, We're still figuring out the right products, still figuring out the coaching product. Um, And so or products uh, for like women specific coaching stuff. But um, I was like, that's interesting. Like I have made choices already. Like I didn't think of myself, like when I started four or five years ago, like I didn't think of myself as like investing. I thought I was investing time because I was like on ground zero with nothing but time, you know? And then like, as we made money, I would like reinvest that money into, you know, the same thing. So essentially what we've invested in is like, um, we started like some media for like the female pros, right. And then the podcasts to get out like information and education, uh, and then staff, like you said, like to like staff, to, like run all those things to run the feisty team, um, to run the coaching program. I just hired a, a full-time coach to do, um, coaching education too. She's really smart. She's called Miranda. She does a really great job. Um, so I'm just like reinvesting. So like for me, I've invested in like women specific mm-hmm. content and education, community building, um, media. So that's so you're taking you're taking that million dollars and you're investing it in your own company. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Sarah, what I just said is I'm keeping doing what I'm doing. Now I have money. (laughs) I think that's totally fair because you are doing something with a bigger vision in growing, helping grow the sport. 
if I kept the million dollars, it would just be beneficial to me well, I, as an individual. I'm not, and that's I'm not it. keeping it. I'm putting it into the business. I'm not like, I'm just continuing to do the things I'm doing just faster because I have more money. Right. That's no, exactly. Your business is keeping the money, not you as an individual. <laughs> right. And hopefully, like we just talked about, like, yeah. And like I said, like, I haven't cracked the triathlon code yet, business wise, yeah. right? right? Like, so we haven't got to the point where it's like, you know, because every time I make some money, I reinvest it and then it co- like starts right. to come back up. And then it's like just a process and it's riding the line a lot closer than some of the other things. Mm-hmm. Like, than menopause or then, you know, like there's not, it's been a tough nut to crack um, yeah. triathlon partially because it's small, partially because women's triathlon is a busier space than like women's gravel riding or then certainly than active menopause because nobody was in that space. Um, or um, even our women's performance brand is like, there's not a lot of conversation out there about it. Right? Yeah. So. Well, Man, I would love to hear from our listeners. You can shoot down our business ideas. That's fine. <laughs> you can't don't shoot down mine. Sarah's, you can shoot down mine. Um, well, you can give me helpful advice. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. want. Helpful advice for Sarah. I'm not ever going to develop my app. So instead, we want to hear your ideas for how you would invest a million dollars in triathlon to make it bigger, to help it grow, to move it in whatever direction you want. Not to line your personal pockets. Um, <laughs> keep the to million some, dollars to buy a really sweet bike. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you think that that you, if you think you would just keep the million dollars, probably don't send the voice memo in. <laughs> yeah, but de- definitely we want to hear from you whether it's about your ideas for how to spend that money or mm-hmm. whatever pressing triathlon or triathlon ish question you have for us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to If You're Riding for Another Week, and we look forward to checking you in with you next week. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.